Hi everyone, good morning and welcome to the Heartfelt Pod. I don't think I've ever recorded an episode this early in the day. It is literally, literally 7.05am and I know you'll think like I'm crazy or something but I, I kind of woke up an hour ago already. I have recently been going to sleep very, very early. I've become such a grandma. I'm going to sleep basically around like 10.30 every single day, very consistently for some reason. Because when I used to go to sleep like much later, like around 11 or midnight, it was very random and sporadic. So sometimes it would be 11, sometimes it would be 1am. Regardless, that's not important. But I think I have good justification for this. I'm basically preparing for my exams right now so I am spending all of my time all of my days just studying and then I come home I have dinner and I watch some things and I'm just exhausted by the end of it and I really want to get an early start every single day because it like I feel like I take so much time in the morning to do whatever I decide to do even like the fact that I'm recording an hour-long podcast before going to uni (laughs) that should take time And on many days I work out as well or like I go to the gym or do yoga, whatever. So that just accumulates and I don't want to be starting my days at like 1 p.m. every single day because I'm not a night person. I do best in the morning. Anyways, that was a very long-winded intro into today's podcast episode. I will try to keep it as brief as possible just because I feel like I have so many topics I want to talk about and they are kind of all interlinked but I didn't could not find like a podcast episode title that would encompass it all if that makes sense so the thing I wanted to talk about primarily is like the notion of getting to know yourself and this is something I'm going to devote a large portion of this episode to however I'll also talk about like things that are kind of related to it but not necessarily pertain to getting to know yourself so like how to find your boundaries and what are your boundaries versus um things that are just simply outside of your comfort zone or talking about intuition a lot that's something I really want to discuss because I've had a whole therapy session about it recently and also the notion of living versus kind of thinking about living in life a lot and how sometimes I feel like the latter takes the bigger part of my life or like the majority of my life and I just feel like however that sounds like I'm not living enough (laughs) and I know this is not really related but I really want to talk about it just because I've I've been thinking about it a lot recently overall this is also something I put in my journal today this morning actually (laughs) was that I don't think I don't remember when was the last time I've spent this much time as I am right now on my own as I said I'm like getting ready for my exams So I'm not really being social, but it's also like a very conscious choice on my side. Like I could find the time to meet up with people. I just don't want to, (laughs) frankly. I know I'm going to be very social afterwards and I just prefer to focus on this and just, I don't know, plug myself out of social life a little bit. Like not saying I'm not seeing anyone because I'm literally getting dinner with my friend today. Um, But, you know, very limited as compared to what I usually do. And all this time alone even when it's, you know, doing the dishes or being at the gym or walking or sitting in my bed and journaling, whatever, it just gives me ample time to think. (laughs) Fortunately or unfortunately, recently I've been leaning towards the unfortunately, because as much as I think everyone needs time alone and time of reflection and, you know, to actually 
do consider the things that are happening in your life. Um, not just, you know, blindly go through life. Although maybe for some people that also works out. Who am I to say? But I personally need that time kind of away from the things that are happening in order to process them. But I feel like the scales, the ratio of me living life and me thinking about life have recently been very out of proportion. I want to talk about it later, not right now. (laughs) This is not something I wanted to start with. So let's talk about the concept of getting to know yourself, something that's, I feel like, a very big catchphrase and slogan in the recent years of the era of wellness and and TikTok and like therapy and modes of self-knowing. I think it's something that we all talk about quite a lot. I think it's a very interesting concept on its own. Like if you even break it down word by word, the simple phrase get to know yourself or like getting to know yourself assumes there is like an inherent self that you're inherited with, let's say, a self that has certain likes or dislikes just by default of being born into a certain like context. And there is like the person or like the entity, I guess, of yourself also, another part of you or like your consciousness, I guess, which its job is to explore what those likes, dislikes, preferences are of the other self. I hope that made sense. Basically, I feel like it really points to the separation between you that is exploring, which I would call the consciousness, and the one you're getting to know, which I would say in large part is the ego. I know it's like an oversimplification and it's not necessarily what the consciousness versus ego distinction is about, but it does remind me of it, I think, a little bit. But I won't make this episode about spirituality too much. Like, don't worry. Um, Not today, at least. <laughs> and I think this actually, this concept is kind of truth in that way. That there is, I think most of us, if not all, feel this like separation in ourselves. And we sometimes feel like there's literally two brains inside. There like two people. One that is always, let's say, for example, if you're having even like a bad, I don't know, body image day. And you have all these negative thoughts about it. That's like one part of you. And another is regarding these thoughts as like negative and thinking, oh, I shouldn't be thinking this. This is kind of toxic. Maybe I should work on this. How do these two exist at the same time? Like it's kind of paradoxical if you think about it. And so it's easier to think about it as like stemming from two separate entities rather than being like one person thinking it at the same time. Because that just points towards you being a little bit, you know, mentally ill. And I know aren't we all, but I'm just saying It's an interesting concept to think about and ponder. So I asked you on Instagram, which by the way is at heartfeltpod if you didn't know. I asked on Instagram, what is your opinion on this? I mean, not the separation. I was just asking whether you think that there even is like an inherent self to get to know better. And I gave you the answers yes, no, and in some ways question mark because I think yes and no are very limited answers because I personally, I think like, I fall within the third category. And the majority of you, but by a small percentage, but the majority, 52%, said yes, that there is an inherent self to get to know better. Only 2% of people, which I think is literally like one or two people, not that many people answer this poll, guys. You all need to be more engaged and follow me on Instagram. Anyways, and 46%, so again, like quite a large majority, basically like almost half, said in some ways which, as I said, is something that I'm leaning towards more. 
And I kind of wish I asked you also like to kind of elaborate on it because it's obviously interesting to see what the opinions and the divide is. But like, why do you think yes? And why do you think in some ways? Like, what are the reasons you don't think there is an inherent self fully, you know? So as I said before, we already are living in an age, in an era, <laughs> let's just put it that way, in which there's like a, such a huge focus on individualism and the self. And there's this like big shift from community, which I think used to be a much bigger value in the past, to like individuals. And I know I'm talking very like Euro western centric right like i know in many countries around the world still there is like the, the social structures are, are a bit different and different things are acceptable but when we're talking about like you know liberal western countries um <laughs> relatively liberal there is definitely this whole emphasis on you're the most important thing in your life and there's like a whole array of things and questions and procedures that come with that it feels like you know to start to take better care of yourself to get to know yourself as I said or to find out what you like and make a career choice based on your preferences and not on based on what your parents did right lol sorry I just had to take like a 10 minute break because my parents called me and I could not not pick up because they're currently on holiday in Nepal so um yeah wanted to check in on them what was I saying Give me one second. Oh yeah, I was talking about like how we enter this age where the self is the main focus and how that's both like a good and a bad thing because I think for the majority, I would say it's a positive thing in a way that I think now we are considering like each person as a separate entity that is entitled to their own preferences and decisions in life and that inherently should, you know, make decisions in life based on what they feel and like called to or towards and things like that and it's amazing the things that we can like explore and there's so many different things catering to like individual preferences and needs also there's like a whole different discussion to be had about how negative the shift away from community is and how community is something that we're definitely missing in these times but i don't want to elaborate on that in this episode at least therefore i will mostly talk about the good things that come with self-exploration and why I think it's you know worth pursuing and how it comes useful in life the better you know yourself like how you can leverage that basically wow my vocabulary today is you know (laughs) on point let's firstly start with why you should even get to know yourself right so the way I think about it and I think it's like a funny concept but it also helps envision this is you spend your whole life basically like managing a human being if you think about yourself as the consciousness, because I like I think that's the easiest way for me at least, then you are just endowed from the moment you're born with this person, with this human being that has like some obviously like some inherent needs such as shelter and food, water and clothing, blah blah blah. But it also after you surpass that, obviously after those needs are satisfied and in today's world, most of us, obviously not all, but most of us have these needs, you know, mostly taken care of, we start you know, evolving past that and also starting to ponder bigger questions such as, you know, what do I want to do with my life? How, where do I want to live? Um, who, what kind of people I feel inclined to spend time with? Um, how, what hobbies do I want to have? Like, what do I want to do in my spare time? What kind of career I want to have? All of these big, big questions, let's say. And so 
as you're managing this human being, let's say, you make choices on their behalf with the hope of kind of optimizing their like well-being and happiness. That is essentially all that we do, right? Like every decision that you make, you hope that in the bigger picture, in the end, it's going to lead to your better well-being slash happiness. I know it doesn't sound like very intuitive, but like, because you know what, what in doing your taxes means you're, you know, making yourself happier. But you know, certain things that you do, like doing taxes or doing the dishes is basically about avoiding the negative consequences of not doing it. So if you don't do your taxes, you know, I don't know what happens, but you're facing the law enforcement and don't want to deal with that probably. And it's probably easier to pay your taxes than to deal with that. Also, when you're doing your dishes, you're doing that so that you have a clean pan to cook in the next day. So if you think about it, every single thing that you do, you do it because you think it's going to benefit you the most or like the person you're living inside of. Okay, that is a bit of a weird way to put it, but you know what I mean. Like you're optimizing your happiness and well-being being all the time on a very micro level, hoping to lead to like a macro level happiness. Obviously, since you know you want you have that goal of happiness and satisfaction, contentment in life. If that's your goal, it's obviously very helpful to get to know that like person, i.e., yourself, as much as possible to know how that person will react to certain events, certain food, certain people, certain places. Eventually, you start to you know observe patterns and. When I talk about like knowing yourself, I talk about it's difficult to define the knowledge, like the scope of the knowledge. It obviously includes very like basic things, as I said, such as what you know, what you like, what you don't like, such as food and clothes and music or weather, or also other things such as how you know you behave and interact with others. What are your love languages? What are the ways you communicate? how you enjoy spending your time so you know do you like painting do you like ice skating or video games etc but it also relates to bigger things such as i don't know like what do you believe in is the origin of life and you know many other things that i don't need to list here and i do definitely believe that some of these are definitely much more quote-unquote inherited than others although this is again like another discussion we could get into and i kind of want to touch upon it a bit later but like to make a distinction let's say me not liking coriander i fucking hate coriander apparently someone told me i don't know how much how true this is apparently people who don't like coriander it's because like they don't have like a certain enzyme that properly digests it or like something with like literally your biology right so probably regardless of how much coriander i would eat I would not enjoy its taste. So it's good for me to know that I don't like coriander so that I can take it out of every food I eat. And on the other hand, let's think about spirituality or like belief in God, for example. I think this is quite contextual and it's not, you're not endowed with like a certain belief about the universe, right? It's very much dependent on what your parents believe, what your closest friends believe, like what kind of school you attended, what kind of country you live in, like what's their predominant religion, what you're like what kind of content and material you're exposed to or what material you expose yourself to by your own decision it's very much influenced by these factors and so i don't think there's like an inherent thing but like but then at the same time after a certain age and after you have been exposed to enough factors whatever influences you do essentially like converge to 
a certain belief. You're more likely to believe one thing than the other. And it's quite interesting if we were able to observe this. Obviously, it's not possible. But if like any of you guys would be put in my exact situation and like go through the same exact things as I have, but like just be as you, <laughs> would you end up believing and liking the same things that I do? You know what I mean? Like that's, I think, like interesting debate about inherent likes and dislikes, etc. and preferences versus shaped and influenced likes and preferences and beliefs. And obviously it's something that we cannot we can rarely answer and definitely not with certainty because we would need like an experiment in which you can experience the counterfactual, which means that you would have to observe me going through a different life and seeing whether I come to the same conclusions, even if I'm being exposed to different stimuli. I feel like I'm talking too scientifically here, but that's because my all my brain has been consuming in the past days or weeks is just economic policy analysis content from my module because that's what I'm studying for right now but anyways so as i said the more you know about these like likes and dislikes blah 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 the better your chances are of making like a decision on your person so like your ego's behalf let's say that will leave them like happier overall and when i say them i still refer to like yourself just the other self right not your consciousness but like the the self you're getting to know and also you gain through that process you gain like a better understanding of your reactions to things right and so I think there are certain core things as I mentioned that it is important that we know them and it is important that in some way or another we get to see what our stance is on certain things what things we like what kind of activities we enjoy and things like that because it just helps navigate our decisions in life and for example career choice is something that you definitely it definitely comes in handy if you know you know what you crave in a work environment what you enjoy more like do you enjoy working with people or by yourself do you want to have a remote remote work or do you want to do something in the field you know these are things that like I think everyone has like a natural tendency preference towards and so if you don't know these because you've spent all your life just and you know going to school and going back home and not doing much you're not really gonna know because you've not exposed yourself to enough experiences this is something I'm going to talk about later as well now I want to talk about intuition as well which is a big topic recently in my life as I said um and I think that through getting to know yourself and being more attentive and aware of how you react to certain stimuli you essentially become more in tune with yourself and with your the voice of your intuition let's just say it now it's very difficult to define intuition it's something that some people may think it's like a woo concept and some people will argue it's just something that we all have. And I think it's pretty dumb to say it's just like a spiritual concept. Intuition is just something that we are all endowed with. And it's just a matter of whether some of us like are more cautious about it and are more like sensitive to it and can hear it better, let's say, as in, you know, can identify whenever that voice of intuition speaks can identify that this is your intuition and this is what it's telling you and some people I think are pretty you know like not insensitive towards it but like just ignoring it probably a lot of the times they're used to doing that because they think it's irrelevant to their life and the choices they make which is I think a very big misunderstanding um because your intuition the way I see it is just like it's just some higher wisdom that your consciousness slash your body have that your surface level human obsessive thinking ego mind 
cannot really comprehend or process. That's why it doesn't make sense to a lot of people because you cannot really put a finger on it. It's a bit intangible. I think as you practice listening to your intuition more, it becomes more of a tangible thing as in like, you know, in which situation it arises, you know, the kind of things it's likely to tell you. Intuition is like a very broad concept as well. Like it can relate to so many things such as you're working down the city at night and you have like, you're intuitively feel like you don't want to take that turn or like that person that you're talking to does not really feel safe to you and you cannot really explain it because they're not saying anything problematic at this moment but like there's something about their vibe and like it's just not really you just feel in danger right i'd say that's like a voice of your intuition right also other things for example this is something that i experience a lot whether you feel like working out on a given day now that is a bit difficult because i think it's very easy to say you know, oh, I just, you know, my intuition is telling me not to work out, so I'm therefore I will not, and you're just lazy. Not you, you, but like, you know, talking about myself here or whoever. But there's definitely a distinction of like not wanting to do something because you're just a bit lazy, right? Or you're just procrastinating it versus like you genuinely feel like it's not going to serve you. And I think it's difficult to answer that question on like a very logical pros versus cons way or like should I should or not, but it's something that you're inherently going to feel. Like, even if I'm lazy and if I'm, you know, putting away, going to the gym, I still can feel, like, deeply inclined to do it. Like, I have this urge to go, but I'm just, for example, like, putting, like, procrastinating it, as I said. Um, So that's that difference. And I think listening to your intuition is one of the most compassionate things you can do for yourself. This is something that I am still learning, obviously, because I feel like I am a very rigid person overall. And I feel like I put like sticking to the plan and sticking to what I thought I was going to do or thought I was going to want to do, I put that above what I actually feel inclined to do or what I think in the present moment when it comes up. And that makes me quite like an inflexible person, I think, in life. And like a rigid person, I'd say. This is, as I said, like something I'm actively trying to tackle in my life, especially recently that I've became, become more aware of it. Obviously, I always like knew I'm quite... I'd say like rigid in my routines, right? Like I do things the way I think I'm going to do them. I wake up at the time I'm going to wake up. Okay, that's actually a dumb idea because you set an alarm. But like if I'm planning to go to the library, I'm probably going to go to the library. Maybe a half an hour later, but I'm probably going to go around that time that I wanted to. If I said I'm going to go to the gym that day, I'm going to go to that gym that day. If I said I'm going to do make dinner that or do my grocery shop on that evening, I'm going to do that that evening. You know, that kind of thing. I don't really do things on a whim when it comes to those like little daily tasks. I think it gives me a lot of peace of mind to have them pre-planned. And as I said, I had a whole therapy session about it because I was kind of saying how I'm a little bit annoyed with that character of mine, like character trait of mine and how I feel like it impairs me from just doing things spontaneously and being, yeah, being more in tune with my intuition. And the reason I brought this situation up is because I had this like moment last week as I said, like, I'm going to the gym pretty regularly, and last week, like, I had a day when I woke up, and I really just, I did not feel like going to the gym, like, something within me was just, like, saying no, like, you don't want to go to the gym, and this was different from, like, the voice of laziness, I can very much distinguish between the two, and yet, because I had it planned that I'm going to go that day, because I want to go a certain amount of time to the gym, whatever, (laughs) I went to the gym, and I had a bad time, surprise, surprise, I did not enjoy my workout. I was tired. I think that's what my intuition was telling me, basically, that I was tired. 
I felt like I couldn't do my best. I felt like upset at the fact that I was at the gym. And it created a lot of friction within me. That definitely, like, that going to the gym and whatever, like, physical benefit that gave me, regardless of my intuition, I don't think it was worth the the inner conflict it created within me. And I know it's a silly, small example, but it certainly can translate to things on, like, a bigger scale, right? Like, if you ignore your gut feeling and whatever that is telling you, you essentially like go against yourself and go against your nature and go against your, yeah, your voice of intuition. And that is an inherently like self-punishing or like, okay, maybe not self-punishing, but like it's an action against yourself, if that makes sense. Because the signal it sends to yourself is like, I hear you, you don't want to do this, but I am going to make you do this either way. I don't care about your preferences in that situation. And you're going to have to, you know, just just suffer through it, you know, deal with it. And I think that's inherently like not a very self-compassionate thing to do, right? And that's what I was telling my therapist about. And I was saying how I feel like, yeah, I just sometimes stick to the plan a bit too much. And I am really currently practicing like kind of considering my my voice of intuition and maybe adjusting my plans a little bit if it says something else. Or if I'm feeling social on a given day, go out that day, even though I plan to have a night in, you know, and things like that. Yeah, it's something that I definitely, definitely could use some work in. And I dare say that when you become very in tune with your voice of intuition and you start listening to it more and more and more and you're basically every single decision that you make or like most of the decisions, maybe not all because some do require just like logical thinking, you're very likely to end up quite happy and satisfied with the things that you do right? It's like, it's like this little guidebook, your intuition, like this little cheat sheet that's telling you like, I think this is actually going to make you happy. I know you thought something else is going to do that, but I actually know better (laughs) and listen to me instead. And that may actually be quite truthful in that case. Now, I asked you guys about what do you think listening to your intuition basically means? Um, And I'm going to read out your responses. Again, there weren't that many, but I still appreciate the people who replied. So one person said, understanding the symbols and language of the universe. This is quite interesting because I, when I talk about intuition, I usually refer to like within myself, you know what I mean? And I still think I don't really, I wouldn't really know how to interpret the universe's signs. Maybe because I sometimes feel like the universe is not giving me any signs and it becomes like a thing of frustration for me because I'm like show me the way but it's not showing me the way it feels like or is it actually or am I just not listening huh you know that's a that's a good question another person said listening to how my body physically reacts to certain situations yes this is a very very valid point I think um another person said like literally listening to my body oftentimes my stomach and my heart know what I want before my brain does for example, paying attention to energy levels, tension in my muscles when doing certain activities or around people. It is so, so valid what you guys said. It's interesting to think like we think of the body as like, you know, less intelligent than our brain. Like our brain is, you know, the the power mind that knows better than anything else. But actually our body may sometimes know things on like some deeper level much quicker than our brain gets to know it or comprehends something or a situation or analyzes it. And there's so many factors that the brain can also consider. And the body, I think, gives you quite like a clear response a lot of the times. For example, I don't know, aversion to crowds and like being stressed by crowds. It's something that maybe on like a rational level doesn't really make sense because like what's the danger? Obviously there are some, but like 
you're not likely to, you know, probably nothing is going to happen to you if you're just in a crowd. But some people just have like this inherent like negative reaction towards crowds and big groups of people. And, you know, it's important to be aware of your how your body reacts to those kind of situations in order so that you can maybe not, you know, cut them out completely because it's impossible for in some cases, but be more cautious and be more self-caring in those situations whenever you find yourself in these situations and like take extra care of yourself. Um, another person said, trusting my gut and listening to my sixth sense. Very, very valid. It's basically what I said, I think. And last person said, sometimes just giving in and doing what I want to do. I know this is the wrong definition, but I actually think you kind of nailed, what do you, how do you say, hit the nail on the head. Like just giving in and doing what you want to do rather than what you think you should do, what you plan to do, what you thought you're gonna want to do in this moment, but the actual thing you want to do is different. It's just giving in a little bit to that voice and it's not the voice of like indulgence it's not the voice of i want to always have like another serving of cake and i want to not do anything productive and i want to laze around all day it's not that it's just like if you feel inclined to do something even though you don't really comprehend like why or it doesn't match your vision or whatever just do it and try it and see what happens and if the outcome maybe like it may surprise you you know okay so it's actually genuinely three days later um i had to stop recording the previous episode because i had to go and then i had a rough week okay guys i could not get myself to record the rest of it but i have this um amazing time slot right now before i go to yoga in like an hour and i decided to you know continue with this episode i there's still a couple of things that i want to talk about and i think are very relevant to this episode so i'll continue as if nothing happened because for you literally um not much time has elapsed So I talked about intuition and now I want to also discuss one of the, I think, bigger reasons for which knowing yourself is very, comes very handy and useful and is actually something crucial that, you know, helps ensure your well-being in the future. And that is to find and discover what your boundaries are. We all have limits, right? Like basically in regards to every single aspect of our life, whether that's friendships, romantic relationships, sports, um, academic work, career, travels, like every single thing that we do, activity, involvement, whatever it is, like there's things we're willing to do and there's things that we're not willing to do or things that we think we might be willing to do or would be okay with hypothetically, but when they actually occur, 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 (laughs) we're not actually okay with them. This is basically the core of the argument I'm trying to make here is that as you get to know yourself more, you get to make the distinction between things that simply, let's say, lay outside of your comfort zone, but there's a possibility of them being like integrated into your comfort zone once you do them enough times versus things that you simply don't want to do and that are your non-negotiable boundaries. And I think that's so, so, so important to establish them as early in life as possible obviously you're probably not going to be 15 and know all of your boundaries but as you experience more things and this I think obviously like a large part of it relates to romantic relationships and friendship like relationships is where the boundaries are probably most important because there's another person involved that you there's like a chance you have to communicate those boundaries to the other person and that's the the need to communicate those boundaries may be what maybe the reason why you start thinking about them in the first place and in a way it's like a good catalyst right like because maybe otherwise you wouldn't have ever considered it just because it's you and you up there 
for example, when it comes to sports, you don't really think about your, you know, what my boundaries when it comes to a physical activity, like how much am I wanting to do? Like, what am I not wanting to push myself for? Stuff like that. With people, however, because we all have different conditioning, upbringing, rules, traditions, routines, ways of going about things, love languages, everything. It's very easy for people to step on each other's toes. And on one hand, I do think we sometimes are... (laughs) a little bit too sensitive and I hope I don't come across as like ignorant while saying it but like we sometimes assume that people should for whatever reason like know our boundaries or like should know that this is not okay to do versus and actually for them it may be an okay to think to do in a friendship or relationship so the the thing that can bridge that gap let's just say is communication unfortunately I know we're not all big fans of it I mean I think I'm hoping we are fans of it but like when it comes to practice it may be a bit difficult even I struggle with I mean I say even I as in my I I am some kind of guru but I do have this podcast and I do preach about these things and then yeah I, I sometimes still struggle with like implementing that in my life and actually rather than being like I don't know giving someone the silent treatment just like coming up front to them and saying what bothers me in their behavior so that you know, we can move past that or not and for the relationship to dissolve um, if someone is not respecting your boundaries because that's, when it comes to red flags and I know like the whole red flags discussion is a bit, social media just skews it a bit and just makes it a whole trend and I don't know, don't want to get into it but if you, especially like repeatedly, that is like a drastic scenario but if you repeatedly communicate your boundary to someone who you consider close in your life and that person again and again um doesn't seem to respect that boundary crosses it every single time or a lot of times disregarding your feelings or whatever you have stated then there's like probably some bigger issue underlying the relationship or friendship or whatever it is and it's probably not (laughs) gonna work in the long term unless you wanna you know suffer through it because it's painful it's very firstly it's painful when people you know cross your boundaries in the first place but it's like double or triple painful when you've told them that something hurts you, that something triggers you, that you don't want to do something and they still push you to do that thing or do that thing towards you that they already know hurts you or whatever, like doesn't, you know, bring you any good. That's just like a very um, sad realization to have about like someone in your life, right? And so, for example, I'm gonna I'm gonna expose myself a little bit here, but when I think about this topic in my life and like examples of how I can relate it to it, there's this whole thing about hookup culture, right? Like, I feel like it's very, I don't know if normalized, I guess normalized is like a a good word to say, because if you mention it in a conversation to a stranger (laughs) or like a person you just met at uni, you say that you like had a kind of hookup with someone, right? I think no one would be surprised. No one would be like, oh my God, you did what? Like, it's a very common, I... The thing is, I don't want to say common because I don't think it actually happens that often. I think people say it as if it happens that often or if it's that common. Or maybe it's just like the bubble I'm living in. That being said, I feel like a lot more people do not subscribe to hookup culture um, than the ones that, that do. And we still talk about it as if the major- the overwhelming majority did participate in it. I'm not saying there's anything bad with it at all. Just saying like when it comes to people liking it or not liking it. Anyways... And so I thought about it quite a bit in my life. And I was always like intuitively knowing that it's not something for me. Um, But at the same time, you are kind of like surrounded with that messaging of it being like a cool thing or like a thing, a part of your 20s, right? 
and like something that people your ages do and so i was like you know why not give it a try <laughs> and i'm not gonna go to any sort of details but let's just say it was not it, it's very very much not for me it's not something i enjoy it's not something i want to do ever again and like that experience i really wanted to turn it into like a less lesson for myself and it was a very big lesson on boundaries actually for me because it made me realize that like i intuitively knew my boundary right which was you know i don't want to have casual sex and then i kind of disrespected that boundary or you know i pushed it a bit too far and i was like ignoring my intuition ignoring what my gut was telling me about what i'm okay with and what i'm not and after i done that i was feeling so shit about myself not even about myself just just feeling shit overall in a bad mood and i think it's exactly because i disrespected myself and i disrespected my boundary that i kind of knew already um and that just proved the point to me that like these are things you kind of intuitively know but i also do want to you know give myself grace and say that if i hadn't done that maybe i would always wonder whether it's something for me and whether they're like i'm missing out on something amazing turns out i'm not but like at least that experience proved to me that once and for all you know what i mean and it's like something i can reflect back upon productively let's just say it i know i'm talking about it like very abstractly but but as i said it's like a personal thing i don't want to get into it now i want to talk a bit about the ways and modes of self-knowing and ways in which we can better our understanding of ourselves and the kind of person we are and all of the things that i mentioned the first core thing that is probably or not even probably that is certainly the biggest out of them all is just experiencing life and gathering those different experiences um emphasis being the word different because i'd say like if in a given year you live your life day to day basically in the very same exact way and you maybe take a week of holiday i don't think you're gonna you know learn that much about yourself unless you're doing like other things outside of that that like i don't know therapy or other things i'm gonna talk about but um it's a different kind of self-knowing right i think having different experiences gives you that kind of content which you can then analyze and process in therapy or through journaling and things like that but you firstly need to have that content right like what are you going to reflect upon if nothing's happening in your life and how are you going to you know learn any lessons from it if it's nothing else to like your past 300 days you've lived right and that's why also i would say it's like quite important to try things at least once even if you have a feeling you want to enjoy it and i know it like kind of seemingly contradicts the example i literally just gave but um i'm not talking about things that like you intuitively know will make you feel bad or intuitively know will hurt you like no i'm not, not saying you have to do these like get into an abusive relationship like do not try that um just for the sake of it right i'm talking about much minor much more minor examples such as you think you don't like olives but you've never tried olives why don't you try one and then they say whether you do like it or not right like these kinds of things or if it's a given sport or a given genre of music you've never listened to like saying you hate country music well do you can you even name a country artist you know things like that obviously like much easier to relate it to like these kinds of preferences but also like maybe when it comes to like relating it to dating again or whatever like even your like sexual orientation how are you gonna know it if you don't give it a try if that makes sense and i know it's like a very general example um and some people may call me out on that but like i think it's like a very general rule that a lot of people do agree with that like i think oftentimes overall i think we tend to 
think that we know ourselves better than we actually do. Um, so we think, oh my God, I know myself, you know, I've lived with myself for like 20, 25 years. I know all about myself. And then like something new happens or you try this new thing that you never thought you would have liked. And suddenly you're opening up a ceramic store and selling your own pottery just because you enjoy it so much. And you never thought you would have, you know, or you're traveling the world when you always thought you're going to have like a stable, grounded life. Um, I'm not saying that cannot be grounded, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I think we can surprise ourselves. And that's kind of the beauty of it all, because it would be quite boring if we had like all the perfect self-knowledge as well and know exactly what we're going to enjoy and not enjoy because then we we wouldn't have those like yeah experiences we wouldn't gather those because we would just like avoid everything that you know may not bring us the optimum amount of joy and positive emotions and you know positive experiences we also have to have those negative experiences as well i don't know i don't want to relate it again to like sports because i feel like i give it as an example way too many times but it is a big part of my life like health and fitness i'd say however that sounds um for example i always thought that gym is not for me i always thought like i'd hate it it just seemed claustrophobic and like i don't know just really not cute in any way shape or form and then i fell in love with the gym and i was like what is this new identity like i had such a hard time like i struggled with um incorporating liking gym into my identity as like a cool girl i don't know if that makes any sense but like what i'm trying to say is that the way i perceived myself or the way i thought about myself i just thought gym doesn't match that picture and then there i was like buying fucking protein powder and going to the gym five times a week last year um and for another example also with sports is bouldering i always thought i would love bouldering like climbing it's something for me i definitely will enjoy it i had so much hope that i'm you know gonna like join the society and all of it and i went to a taster session and i really didn't like bouldering it really like obviously maybe if i gave it like five more tries maybe i'd fall in love with it but like i really was surprised about my reaction to it and how just how little enjoyment that gave me you know what i mean and i haven't tried it ever since so you know give yourself the grace to surprise yourself is what i'm trying to say what i'm also trying to say here is again and again underlining the importance of stepping out of your comfort zone as a means of broadening it is that a word broadening 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 yeah like making it bigger and expanding it because the more things you try the more things you feel comfortable with doing right the other two things i want to mention like the modes of self-knowing are something i already brought up which is um firstly journaling and secondly therapy journaling is probably the most underappreciated thing out there i'd say like i just think it should be a thing everyone does, you know, we all brush our teeth, and we all take showers, more or less, we all eat breakfast, we all go to sleep, we all should journal, in the same manner, I'd say, I'd argue, because how else would you make sense of all the mess that's going on inside your head, and all the, like, thought clouds, and I think about it conceptually as, like, a storm happening in my brain, in my head, all the time, and then through journaling, I just like disentangle one thought from another and I come to conclusions. Sometimes I don't come to conclusions. You know, it's not like I have a relevation every single time I journal, but I love, com- you know, I love talking about what ha- what's happening in my life. It's just like a way of self-expressing. And I think through looking back on my journal, especially, it's like where when I tend to see the lessons that I learned through journaling or like I can see like a clear line of 
exploration of a certain top topic or like a, a revelation about had about myself in my life and it also only happens because I have like these multiple entries from like given time period or like surrounding a certain event that I can make sense of in that way because you you don't remember your thoughts from like a year or half a year ago right like you you may think you do but you probably don't especially not like the specific small ones also very good for noticing your emotions and reactions and very very useful in terms of practicing honesty with yourself because I think we also are not as honest with ourselves as we would like to think we were there's so much self-delusion that could be happening and I'm not saying it's but I'm just saying it's not really productive when it comes to getting to know yourself better. And lastly, I want to talk about therapy because I think therapy is like kind of, for me, like complementarily to journaling, right? It's like a very deep mode of self-knowing. It, it, it goes so deep as to the point where you need another person to make sense of what you're saying, right? Like you can obviously observe certain things while journaling or like noting certain patterns in your thought thoughts, whatever it is. But therapy goes to the point of, there being, you know, an external person who just sits and observes what you're talking about and how your thinking goes and how you process certain emotions or events. And they kind of point to links in your life that you may not have been aware of. You might have not thought these things were related. I think it's kind of like uncovering parts of yourself that you could not access by yourself. Not saying it's impossible, but saying it would be probably very difficult for you to like, I don't know, link something that happened in your childhood to like a thing you're struggling with now, if it's not like a very obvious thing. So yeah, all for therapy, would recommend it to everyone. I know it's a big privilege to be able to afford it, um, but if you can, it's like such a good investment in oneself. And it just always gives me that kind of like mental stability, safety net. I don't know how else to describe it. And this is also a question I actually asked you guys. So what do you think are I think the question was what do you think like what are the ways in which we can get to know ourselves better and I only got five responses but I very much again appreciate them all and I'm gonna read them all to give them credit um so the first person said spend time alone without using things that stimulate your mind like phone reading music actually that's a very good point because I think like doing these activities is also something in which you can you know get to know yourself like modes of self-exploration but also they are kind of like this background noise at times or like a big role they play in our lives is to be a distractor from our thoughts, a distracting aspect. I don't know how to say it. And only when we're left in like silence and like almost a meditation like state. We don't have to like meditate as in like sit cross-legged and breathe deeply. We can just be laying in bed and staring at the ceiling. But like if we're not distracting ourselves with anything else, I think maybe we may have some like new realizations or insights that we wouldn't have otherwise so it's like important to create at least some a little bit of space for that and that like silence and space for things to come in that wouldn't have otherwise if you were like just distracted with everything else and all the other stimuli yeah another person said being by yourself um especially practicing to enjoy your own company you learn a, a lot about you very very valid i think time alone is something that I think that's also why people in relationships sometimes may struggle with identity, especially people that have been in like, I don't know, like long term relationships that span across years that they like got into when they were like quite young. I think that's very difficult to, in those kinds of situations, disentangle your your identity and like your identity as like a person in a couple. 
um, and to actually know what you genuinely enjoy when you're always like at least partially catering to other person's needs and like being sensitive towards them which is what you probably should do in a relationship but also yeah it does kind of inhibit that like deep self-learning I'd say to a certain extent not to shame on relationships just saying that understand our reactions and emotions better get better as a person very true spend three minutes at the end of the day thinking about thinking of your actions and reactions of the day I think that's very nice I think that's a kind of what you do with journaling um, or yeah, you don't have to like physically put it on paper. It, it personally helps me, but you definitely can do it just like think like actively just thinking about it because yeah, we tend to sometimes go on autopilot and when we go on autopilot, I don't even think we consider the things we say to other people, for example, or the way we react to certain events. And there may be some things we want to question and we want to be like, huh, why do I do this? Is this like, does this resonate with me? Like, this is like such a random example, but let's say you're like, jokingly mean to people a lot like I don't know you're being you're trying to be funny but you're kind of like insulting people (laughs) as a result sometimes um it may be like a reaction that you don't like it's maybe something that you just constantly say like a way in which you like communicate and like interact with other people but you may not even realize that it's something that like you're not actually agreeing with or like it's not something you want or like the kind of person you want to be known as I don't know if that made sense. That was such a random example. Um, And the last person said, stop trying to find labels and beating yourself up because you don't fit the labels. Yeah, I'd say it's like a overall, like a good advice. I don't know if it relates to knowing yourself that much. I mean, for surely, to be fair, yeah, it does relate to that. But it's good also in terms of a lot of other topics, whether that's like self-love or being original or just, yeah, not, not forcing yourself to fit in and not comparing yourself to other people constantly because then you don't really allow yourself for that you know individuality and your own being existence i don't know i've gotten too wrapped up but yeah thank you for your responses on that and lastly i want to talk about the big question that kind of arises whenever we talk about self-knowing because as i said at the beginning the whole concept of self-knowing implies that there is some kind of inherited set of beliefs and traits and likes and dislikes etc etc that you are just born with and you have to find out about them through life and gather those pieces of information about yourself and then like collect them all and bring them in like as you know pieces of a puzzle and then bring them together in hopes of getting like a clear coherent picture and for everything to make sense about yourself and suddenly you're this complete human being because you found out everything about yourself that is kind of bullshit that is bs like that is not how it really works because i think as everything in life the whole self-knowing debate it's like it's neither black or white as i said like it's not that there's nothing about ourselves that we can change and we just are inherited with these things externally and we just there's no influence over that there's no autonomy over how we are and what we like and dislike etc etc but it's also not like we can choose these things right like, as I said, I'm not gonna, I never chose to not like coriander and I never chose to like the gym or like I never chose to be a morning person, right? And yet I am and yet some people are not. So there's definitely aspects of your life where it's more predetermined and more outside of your control than in others, I'd say. Um, and these are the things where I would say it's most useful to know yourself because these are things that you probably cannot change and it's just... <laughs> Very useful, I said again, 
don't know of any other synonyms I could use to know these things in order to like incorporate them into your life and decisions and be more mindful about them. And so, you know, there's just definitely things that you are more inherently inherently drawn to or like have predispositions for. Um, But there's also a big, big part that I want to highlight is that your actions also shape your preferences. It's not the other way around always. It's kind of like, I don't know, if you start, if you start reading a lot, I'm talking about books, you may just start liking to read or if you eat enough of a certain food even, like I know I related it to food as in like it's something we cannot change, but like if you expose yourself to a certain food enough times, you eventually may start to like it just because it's like it takes that adjustment in order to like something. So we may in the first place be like, oh, it's not for me, you know, like I, I don't like these kind of things. And then once you try it enough times, you're like, actually, I love it. And it just takes that little bit of extra like push or like getting out of your comfort zone again in order for you to get used to something new, whether that's a taste or an activity or a type of person or whatever, a way of living, a routine, it all comes from repeated action. But at the same time, again, I would argue that, for example, people who are like, you know, morning people versus night people, whatever is the discussion is like, I don't think you can force one to be the other. I think they will just not function optimally because it's something that's rooted in our physiology almost. So... Like, what's the point in trying to change that? I mean, I know, like, the society and the world as we know it caters to morning people, and that's an issue of its own. But I'm saying, if you had the choice, you probably wouldn't want to force it yourself to change these things just because it's better to be a morning person. Because it's not inherently. It's just, like, a matter of timing when you have more energy to do certain things, etc., etc. Okay, so I think this pretty much sums up what I wanted to talk about in this episode. Might have been... A little bit over the a all over the place, but I feel like that's what I always say. So maybe that's just the usual and the standard you probably got used to at this point. <laughs> if there's anything you want to add to this, um, or any comments you have about this episode or the podcast overall, I'd love to chat to you at Heartfelt Pod. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a lovely day or evening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.